Hello out there. My name is Lauren Maxwell, and this is the audio version of We're All Friends Here, a weekly column for people asking life's big questions. This week, I'm reading you an essay that was published on March 5th, 2022, entitled My Grandmother, President Zelensky, and Me. Let's get started. When I was little, my grandmother liked to read magazines starting on the last page. My mom always had copies of Southern Living and Better Homes and Gardens around, and my grandmother, better known as Grammy, often visited or stayed with me while my parents did other things. While we were together, she looked through my mom's magazines. But for whatever reason, she always read them backwards. Why are you starting at the back? I would ask. I was an early reader, and though I had not yet reached the women's interest stage at this point, I don't think I was even subscribed to highlights yet, I understood that reading was a left-to-right kind of endeavor. Her habit, in my mind, was fascinating. I just like looking at them this way, she would respond. If I see something I want to read, I'll go back. I would nod, accepting this information about my grandmother in the way that children do, I thought it was interesting and unexpected, vaguely cool. In my memory, I see Grammy one way. She is wearing a teal shirt, a gold rope chain, and magenta lipstick from Avon. Grammy often reapplied that lipstick when we were in her truck together, parked at Walmart or the grocery store, preparing to go inside, and I observed every step. I noticed how the column of pink was molded sharply to the shape of her lip, and I watched her apply color, rub her lips together, and occasionally blot. I asked about that, too. I learned a lot in Grammy's truck. I always remember Grammy, in her teal and pink, with silvery hair, cool like the moon, doing one of two things. She is either standing at her kitchen counter in Williston, South Carolina, cooking enough vegetables from her garden to feed an army all by herself, Or she's sitting on my childhood couch, which was navy, holding a magazine. In both visions, she is smiling. Watching the war unfold in Ukraine, John and I, like the rest of the world, have been taken with President Zelensky. Since the invasion, one of my first thoughts upon waking every morning has been, did Zelensky make it through the night? I check Twitter for news and, with a wash of relief, inevitably find that not only is he still alive, but he has usually done something bold, posted a video of himself in front of the Capitol, or shared a smiling selfie with his defense minister. Zelensky is defiant and courageous. He's strong. He is trying to avert world war driven by a nuclear power, and he knows the gravity of the situation at hand. He does not need a ride, he says. He needs ammunition. Most of all, and this is what I think the entire world senses as we watch Zelensky, he is leading from the heart. In a moving appeal to the rest of the world, President Zelensky described the war as a premeditated attack on the Ukrainian people and all people, he said, who have freedom and heart. Heart in Zelensky's book, is significant enough to discuss during a war. Hart is worthy of putting everything on the line, fighting an aggressor, and risking your life. 
I am with President Zelensky on this. By my estimation, heart is our one remaining link, the thing that can bind all of us together if we are willing to move closer to one another rather than further apart. As fear continually divides us at home and abroad, splintering our most desperate impulses away from our better ones, our only hope is to look more closely at each other, open our eyes to each other's pain and suffering and sadness, all those things that lead to conflict, and remember what connects us, even when it feels uncomfortable. The only answer going forward will be to embrace our shared humanity and let it guide us. Screaming about science, data, and money is not working. What we need is to make more human decisions. What we need is a matter of the heart. The Ukrainians are leaning into shared humanity, even in the face of unthinkable loss and destruction. There are countless stories of Ukrainian civilians leading from the heart, like the people who gave a captured Russian soldier tea, food, and the opportunity to video call his mom. Their actions model the path towards healing. The Ukrainian people could harden themselves to the plight of Russian soldiers, reacting in anger to the chaos around them, but they resist. The situation has not been perfect. There are also reports of blatant racism at the border and struggles among vulnerable LGBTQIA populations in Kyiv. But I am not interested in political purity tests. We are all navigating a compromised system. I oppose all war and I subscribe to peace and nonviolence in every circumstance. I condemn the situations in Syria and elsewhere, and I believe all humanitarian crises deserve this kind of worldwide attention and care. Yet millions are suffering in Ukraine, civilians are being targeted daily and the threat reverberates throughout the world. The situation is acute. In Ukraine and beyond, it seems that heart is our only hope. It is no coincidence that President Zelensky is leading from the heart and emphasizing heart in his messages. He has always been an artist, which is why John and I are so taken with him. As a former actor and comedian, of all things, someone grounded in the art of human expression, we are not surprised that he is able to make ardent, palpable appeals to human nature, or that he chose to stay beside his people through every raid and every bombing. I can't get over it, John said. I can't get over the fact that an artist might prevent the next world war. Zelensky, an artist first and a president second, understands people. He has sought to explore and express the human struggle, as every artist does, that heart-centered insight is shaping Ukraine's resistance now, and by all accounts, it is working. Over the past several years, as political animosity took root and soared, signs of the climate emergency showed up in our backyards and a plague took over, my perspective on art has changed. It's common in times of crisis to experience a priorities check. The pandemic has ushered in personal reckonings and values adjustments of all kinds, resulting in the Great Resignation, for example. Once life as we knew it disappeared and instability became the only normal, it might have been tempting for artists to prioritize work that is seemingly more reliable than making art, writing words, or playing music. 
But in these times of chaos, many artists I know, including myself and John, have only deepened their dedication to their calling. Crisis clarifies our needs and our need for art amidst chaos with more to come is increasing. Moving forward, the ability artists have to express the human experience will only become more vital. Artists play an invaluable role in times like these. They lead us to joy when it feels out of reach. They help us witness our own lives and other people's. They help us process what we experience. Artists give us compassionate windows into other people's stories that illuminate what connects us. Those windows are desperately needed. With artists as our guide, we learn to hold beauty and terror simultaneously without losing our footing. They show us how to bear the weight of being human and insist on delight for no other reason except that we deserve it. Artists help us access matters of the heart. If President Zelensky is any indication, leading from the heart can help us resist any aggressor. And these days, there are many. Most importantly, like my grandmother, artists know how to look at the last page of a magazine first. They can envision entire worlds with their imagination, new worlds braced by love and possibility, and invite us to be part of them. We need new worlds now more than ever. Since childhood, I have read my magazines backwards, too. It makes me feel a little closer to my grandmother. And I swear, I have seen a page that's worth the fight. It holds a vision beautifully illustrated with the fullness of human potential, colored by our deepest longing and brightest hopes. Working backwards from the end, holding that vision in mind, will help us find the pieces we need to address the page we find ourselves reading right now. As always, thank you so much for being here, for your attention and your presence, and for listening. If you enjoyed this, it would help me out a lot if you sent it to a friend, gave it five stars in your podcast app, or simply subscribe to Weekly Essays at laurenmaxwell.substack.com. Take care out there.